1: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
0: This edition of the Media Podcast is coming to you thanks to our sponsors, MediaMasters.fm. Hello and welcome to the Media Podcast. I'm Jake Cantor. On the show this week, Bake Off poached by Channel 4. The tent torn as Mel and Sue stay with Beeb, but there's still many twists to come. Our panel spells them out. Plus, it's back. BBC Charter Renewal is on the new government's agenda. Why Channel 4 may yet move to Birmingham and the Sun Online gets a traffic boost. All that, and if there's time, the joy of the media quiz. That's all to come on today's Media Podcast. So, Ollie Mann has escaped the rain just in time, which leaves me in the chair. I'm Jake Cantor, media editor of Business Insider, and joining me today at the Hospital Club is Tara Conlon, media journalist for The Guardian and Observer. Also, one of Britain's best-known comedy producers, Asha Tala, the founder of Rough Cut TV. Welcome to you both. Hi, how are you? Hello. Very good, how are you guys? All right, thank you. really well. Tara, I want to start with you. What was your media moment of the week?
2: Despite everything that's going on with Bake Off, it was um, the archers, the... Helen Titchener verdict which uh, see, I know nothing about the Archers I know nothing about the (laughs) Archers It's an institution Um, I have to say I did a dissertation on the Archers at university so So I'm a bit of a geek but uh, to have an hour long special and it to be the culmination of the abuse plot um, was brilliant I thought it was really well done I thought amazing actors in it Catherine Tate Eileen and the obviously brilliant Louisa Patakast who has been playing Helen I thought she was fantastic
0: And there's a new editor
2: And there's a new editor um, Hugh who I think has come from background, I think he's on Waterloo Road but he seems to have a, you know, a good background he's got the quick. chops he's, he's, sorry? he's
1: got the chops he's got
2: the chops I thought he's got the chop. God that was quick <laughs> what's he done he has he he, and Ash, he murdered already?
1: I'm, I'm good I just want to know but you did your dissertation on the Archers
2: <laughs> yeah well part <laughs> of my nobody, dissertation was nobody, radio drama nobody
1: flinched when she said that <laughs> that's insane doesn't
2: everyone in media do that <laughs> No? That's
1: not what degree was that?
2: Oh, that was English and Theory of Drama. Okay. What was so your po- module was radio drama.
1: I did mine on some um, marketing company, which is actually, now I say it out loud, equally as silly as doing <laughs> <laughs> it on the Arches. <laughs> Talking of marketing, yes. that was Rough Cut? Yeah, we're doing really well, thanks. Yeah, we're um, gearing up for a lot of production next year. I think our busiest every year next year. Uh, about eight or nine new projects coming on. Can so you
0: give us an insight, of flavour?
1: If I knew, you would know. <laughs> you know, as soon as I figure out what's happening, you'll know what's happening. Now we're in that phase of um, production companies go through various cycles of... We've just done sort of seven months of filming up early and editing and all the stress that goes with that, and now we're in a um, sort of a script mode, so it's calm but focused at the office.
0: And people just see nothing. Series 3, are you are you pleased with how that's performing?
1: Yeah, we're really pleased with it. It's it's fantastic. The strongest yeah. series so far, Well, I think. That's, that's kind of you. It, it feels like it's got a bit of... Um, word of mouth uh, love so it's sort of one of the first shows for a little while where my friends and and their friends are enjoying it and then a taxi driver will surprise me by going "Um, have you seen that people just do something people just do nothing doesn't matter (laughs) mate but uh, I'm glad you're watching it you're like oh
0: no never heard of it I've
1: never heard (laughs) of it it's weird actually a couple of people have mentioned it without knowing it was Uh, me have BBC given you any iPlayer figures
0: are they Um, they, uh, giving you insight on how it's performing
1: uh, yeah I think we got the first episode through and I think it was 150,000 imprints, which I think is good. But the bake-off, don't does, talk about it a yet, few more. does a few more than that. So <laughs> there we go. No, but it's doing really well. Hang on. Did you hear a bell? <laughs> By the wizardry what of radio.
0: Bell? Uh, sorry to interrupt. The bells. <laughs> That's my timer going off. And it can only mean one thing. My exquisite Victoria sponge of news is ready to come out of the oven. Uh, yes, with more <laughs> twists than a cheese straw, the Great British Bake Off dominated the headlines this week. Uh, negotiations between the BBC and Love Productions to keep Bake Off on BBC One broke down on Monday. And the format was swiped in a matter of hours by Channel 4 for 75 million quid. The next day, host Mel and Sue issued a statement declining to, quote, follow the dough to the rival broadcaster. Uh, but there's no news yet on Paul and Mary. Ash, you're, a, you're an indie, an independent producer. Were you, were you surprised by this or is this kind of just the way
1: things are going? No, I think it's the way things are going, actually. I'm, I sort of wasn't surprised by it. I think actually, for the general public, it must be really confusing because they don't, there's no reason why they would understand the world of the independent television producer. So it's the BBC or Channel 4. So I think there's a lot of like, well, how can that happen? But I think to put it in context, for me, it's this. I don't think the oil that that show has struck is so strong. It's gushing so much that, you know, the numbers that that show gets are equivalent to sort of when England play football matches and, and, and it just you know I'm a man who spends his life trying to find the next thing and we all do all the time and so for a company like that from, for a show like that to be into anything from sort of 10 to 15 million is so rare and so then normally in the marketplace any marketplace you would sell your very precious oil to a high bidder because of the way the BBC set up by quite some distance they couldn't be the highest bidder so, in a sense, what Love Production have done is thought, well, we've got the product, we own the oil, this is our show, the show can remain the same, but this is our children's inheritance. This is, this is probably the biggest hit we're ever going to have in our whole lives. Are we doing anything wrong by trying to maximise the profits from that?
0: It sounds like you've got quite a bit of sympathy with Love, then.
1: I can understand the thought process that led them to do what they did, although the news flow since the initial announcement has been slightly sort of apocalyptic <laughs> for... Love. And it's a really interesting PR case. You know, I'm not going to make cake puns. I'll leave that to. But uh, as the as as their story crumbled um, (laughs) during the last couple of days, I I did think it's sort of it's this sounds dramatic, but it's sort of taken on a Shakespearean sort of tale of greed and stealing and you know yeah. all that sort of stuff so it's the, the briefing's been extraordinary yeah the it? briefing's been yeah. mad i mean presumably you've uh you've
2: I've, been I've on heard, the receiving end a of, lot of, of it from, from from you know all different sorts and all different camps and and everyone's got their own take on it and yeah it depends where you're coming from but the difficulty is that it depends what happens now with paul and mary and if if they don't go and it makes it more difficult now mel and sue have said well we're not going you know, we're not going to follow the dough because now they arguably look a bit greedy. But for for the BBC and and Channel Four, I mean, BBC, did, they don't want that on their case that they've lost, you know, the biggest show. So um, they're not going to be happily sending it on its way. I wouldn't have thought.
0: Question: Keep my editor keeps asking me is why are Mel and Sue not going? Why wouldn't they take the payday?
2: Well, I I thought it was because of their existing. You know, existing shows that they're doing and their loyalty to the Beeb and and what they're doing. And I imagine the you know, the Beeb are throwing shows at at Mary and Paul. I thought it was very interesting that last, I think it was last Sunday in the Sun, Paul was suddenly offered a car show, (laughs) which was a bit sort of top geary. And I thought, why has that suddenly come out? Um, And this is obviously why, because they want to keep them at the Beeb. Love believes the format, I assume, is strong enough that it doesn't need to have tied in the talent.
1: What I think is, the strangest thing of all of it is that Love Productions and Channel 4 didn't have these talent conversations before it was announced. So you would have thought, you know, really, I think, you know, okay, Mel and Sue, I think the format could outlive them. Although when you have something that is such a resounding hit, you do not want to pull at a single bit of that thread because why would you? Because Mm. who knows what weird alchemy, luck, one in a million stuff, lands you with a hit of that size. So there is no doubt that you don't want to change a single element because 15 million people tell you not to. So say Mel and Pursuit have gone, really without and now of course without Mary and, and, and Paul, it, it is it's a story of disaster actually really, I think. It could yeah, be, yeah. Do you think really the only way is down now from here? Well, the ratings are always going to be and this is a calculation that love and Channel 4 will have. everyone will have run the numbers as, as much as you can. I would guess that had the show have moved lock, stock and barrel to Channel 4 with everything intact the numbers would have been about 6 or 7 million I think, say, down from 10 to begin with and then maybe fall into 5 but I think if you don't have Marion Paul, you're into like a 3 4 million and that's what and But that's, that's what still first, kind of success for Channel 4 these It's still days, kind isn't of it? success they, they, but they, it will represent the story around the show will be one of collapse. Yeah, the narrative in the press The narrative will be, will be one, isn't of, it? Yeah. one of collapse and also, I, I just don't no, you know i know they only just concluded their failed uh, negotiations with the bbc at three o'clock and then it was signed at five but i just don't know why channel four and love i don't know why that work wasn't going on in the background you think after what
2: happened with top gear yeah. and you see what happens when you don't have the talent attached to a format well it's that, kind
0: of like the opposite of top gear yeah i mean they left without yeah. a show yes and now the show is leaving without the talent yes
2: <laughs> yeah but you think it shows how the two can be intertwined. Although I think the BBC had to do what they did to Clarkson. But uh, what happened with Clarkson, and, and that's absolutely, you know, it was, a, it was the right thing to do. But still, it shows how the talent and the format can be inextricably linked in many ways particularly for the audience
0: any bets on who who might replace them
2: was <laughs> <I laughs> well, Jamie at the end has been mentioned and Claire Balding obviously not as a judge um, oh, and but and, and some younger people as well Lisa what about Ford, Phil and Kirsty? Uh, <laughs> Phil and Kirsty? yeah you make can make sort it of, over
1: you can see that working I mean I think you know I, like I say I think the truth about Mel and Sue is that they are probably more replaceable as brilliant as they were in the format but it's such a shame that the four of them don't get to stay together, but um, I would love to be uh, Mary or Paul's agent, yeah. <laughs> this week, it's a good position to be. Just a nice big blank check, <laughs> just like t- you know. I was just joking before we went on air, Mary Barry will probably be reading the news next week on the BBC <laughs> One because they've got everything uh, they've got everything just to, the to in throw care. at her. Yeah.
2: <laughs> she could be chair of the BBC uh, board as well, couldn't she? <laughs> throw everything at her.
0: And what about these arguments that this doesn't really sit in Channel 4's remit? Do you, do you buy that? I mean, Channel, uh, Jay Hunt gave a pretty uh, ballsy defence, didn't yeah. he? Gutsy defence.
2: Do you know, I see both sides on this. I see that, yes, it's not sort of celebrate and Well, it depends who they have presenting it, doesn't it? But diversity and that... But equally having that, it's that repertory theatre kind of system, isn't it, that will allow them to do the Paralympics or, you know, if it brings in enough money. So I, I see that from both sides, to be honest with you. Yes, it's not new and they should be creating things uh, which other broadcasters what they want to poach but equally I can see you know it's it's made Channel 4 a safer kind of place for a bit hasn't it for them
0: and they're saying it's not going to come out of the budget directly yeah so I, it will I, be I, horse racing and a bit of surplus I mean I don't on, I buy
1: agree. all that nonsense that this isn't this shouldn't be the sort of thing that Channel 4 are doing I don't buy that at all it's like people saying BBC shouldn't be popular it's like when the politicians started saying strictly come dancing is but BBC if, if,
0: if they can find 25 million pounds a year for bake-off wouldn't you rather see that money going to new comedy?
1: Personally, yes. (laughs) 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 What production company did you have in mind? Um, Yeah, no, of of course, but also, you know, all of these channels wither and die without having enough audiences, and that's why, here's another way of looking at that, if British Break-Off does really well on Channel 4, there might be a nice inheritance of five or six million coming to a new sitcom, and then I'd be very grateful to be in its slipstream.
2: And it worked with Richard and Judy, didn't it? They took Richard and Judy from ITV to Channel Four, and grew things like the book club, and that worked well.
1: I mean, I guess just
0: finally on this, I mean, it feels like there was a, a bit of a catastrophic breakdown in relations between the BBC and Love. Do we think that that's now a, a broken relationship, and you won't see Love what? doing stuff for the BBC in the future?
2: A geeky, geeky fact, because they still have, I think, a first look negotiating position on future series BBC Worldwide have, I think, for for love, which I thought would be interesting. And they've got the rights, meeting. the worldwide
0: rights to bake off lockdown for another 12 another years. Another 12
2: years, so the, the people will still be making money out of it. Um, so, yeah, I don't know, maybe they have a sort of a funnelling system that they do that through so they don't actually have to meet. I don't know quite how bad it got, but... Um, maybe not Christmas cards this but year. But they also make a
1: sewing bee, <laughs> don't they? In they make sew- yes. b- oh, yeah, sewing Oh, yes, of course, a Great
2: Pottery Throwdown, which is yeah, great, and great, and that's but a separate deal. So but the BBC have to be
1: quite careful, I think, when they, f- they can't be seen to no. take their toys you know, home and, and, and throw them out of the pram. So I think they will continue to work with love as well. So auntie's got to be the bigger woman. <laughs> Auntie is a big old lady <laughs> in this case. <laughs> more media
0: news in just a tick. But first, we'll hear from Geoffrey Archer. Yes, Geoffrey Archer, who is Paul Blanchard's guest on this week's Media Masters podcast. I reread your prison diaries, uh, I think last year, and I've read them twice now, all three of them, and I found them absolutely fascinating. Well, I think a part of that was because I was desperate to kill time, rather than just lie on a bed and do nothing or go for another walk. The uh, the, uh, ability to sit down and write for two hours, everything that had happened, uh, I found fascinating. And some of the human beings I met, absolutely fascinating. And they not only dominated, as they should, the three prison diaries, Prisoner of Birth was greatly influenced by that period in my life. And I wrote 12 uh, short stories as well, because I picked up little vignettes from prisoners who told me amazing stories of course i couldn't be sure whether they were true or not but it didn't matter they were amazing stories Uh, that was jeffrey archer the jeffrey archer speaking to paul blanchard on this week's media masters podcast all the episodes are free and available to download now at mediamasters.fm Uh, So, on any other week, this would have topped the show. Uh, Yes, it's the small matter of BBC Charter renewal. Culture Secretary Karen Bradley published the Draft Charter this week. Uh, With it, she demanded that the BBC reveal the pay of stars who earn more than £150,000 a year, much to the broadcaster's annoyance. Uh, Elsewhere, BBC Trust Chairman Rona Fairhead was told by Prime Minister Theresa May that she can't just walk into a job chairing the BBC's powerful new Governance Board. And in another development, the National Audit Office will be given unfettered access to BBC Worldwide and BBC Studios. Uh, Tara, should we start with Talent Pay? Yes. Uh, so originally the plan was 450000 That would yes. be the transparency threshold. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and the government has had a change of heart. Or, yes. or should I say Theresa May? Theresa May, heart. yeah, it seems
2: to have come from, the, come from the top. Apparently she was very insistent on it, which I don't know how well that bodes for the BBC that she's wanting to... Um, Rewrite things, as it were. Um, she used to
0: be shadow culture secretary, didn't she? Yes, yes. Yeah. she knows. That she life.
2: knows what's going on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, it was a, a bit of a change of of tack for the BBC, which was expecting the higher band. But I think the, um, the main people who are going to be affected are presenters, uh, news presenters. I think you know journalists. Uh, who were obviously annoyed about it? Um, so
0: the suggestion is people like Laura Coonsberg, it yeah, Robinson, maybe are, Hugh Edwards, Andrew Neal, that kind of, that kind of. Yes,
2: exactly. See, and and again, we're not quite sure about you know the presenters with BBC Studios. Um, I mean, that's going to be a commercial subsidiary. So, if independents don't have to say how much they are paying, do does BBC Studios when it goes commercial? I don't know quite about the d- level of detail that it goes down to. But if that's the case then? It's basically the, the news presenters who are going to take the hit, which is uh, annoying for them.
0: Who benefits from this, Ash?
1: I think that's the point. It, there's something about it that feels rather spiteful. Um, of course, we're all interested in. I mean, I, I'd like to know what you earn, and you know, and I'm not going to tell you. Yeah, well, I'm not going <laughs> to. I will. I'll tell you. But I think, yeah, there's something about it that just feels very sort of mean-spirited. And I know that's sort of a a childish phrase. That's what Kevin
0: Ligo said at Edinburgh, isn't it? it? Is that right? Yeah, mean-spirited. It is mean-spirited
1: because, you know what? First of all, I'm fairly sure, well, I know that the good people at the BBC could earn more outside. It's just, I'm just... You know, that didn't always used to be the case. But I think in the last 10 years, there's been an enormous sort of downward pressure on BBC budgets. And it's just not awash with money like it used to be. And so... It has already become much more efficient. Secondly, guess what? People on television, people who are stars, people who are radio and TV stars, earn a lot of money around the world. You know, if you're famous, you're often reasonably well off. And the fact that that is on the BBC or ITV or something doesn't, the fact that we fund the BBC in a different way doesn't mean that those people should earn half of what they might do because then they just won't be there if they have a choice and then there won't be a BBC so I think we have to sort of grow up in our analysis of nobody should be overpaid if I can think of an advantage it's that if the BBC has done a bad deal with anybody in particular it'll be an embarrassment or it'll stick out but Mm -hmm. then you don't want the tabloids or the public dictating Laura Koonsberg's contract we can't live that way and so that's why when i stopped to think about it i was was really surprised and and you know even as a nosy man you know i don't actually really want to know what they earn and i don't think the public so you won't, ha- you won't be checking in with the news of course in, i will July be next of year. course <laughs> i will be i'm simply saying that i don't think any of us have a right to simply because we fund it by the license fee pay that that i don't get yeah, that the, line. and there's
2: also an argument that you know another it, it, it's not just another government department. You know, someone in Department of Work and Pensions, you know, we reveal their salary. I don't think everyone's going to be going, oh, gosh, Tony in accounts is earning this much. Whereas, because the, these people are on telly, I mean, frankly, Laura Kunzberg, she was on telly practically constantly. She probably, you know, earned every uh, penny, I think, that she, that she gets, the amount of work that she, she does. Um, you know, it's not saving lives, but it's hard work. It's not easy doing the job that they do. Um, not at all. It's kind of
0: odd, isn't it? Because at one, on one hand, the government preaches the fact that it's you know, retaining BBC's independence, and on mm. the other, it talks about bringing it in line with the yeah. civil service. Yes.
1: Th- those two things don't sit well together.
2: No, exactly.
1: People who read the news and... Present match of the day are not civil servants. That's just <laughs> they're in, they're in, they're at the famous end of journalism, or they're in show business, and you can't take one. You can't, you know. And, and also, let's imagine how this is going to play out. It is going to be now a relentless field day for ever. Essentially, yeah, forever. And also, you know, it's not like the Sun or any of the Murdoch Press report BBC stories with anything like a modicum of self-respect or fairness (laughs) and so this you know this is just absolutely taking the wheels off it it'll be i I think a really difficult time
0: but companies like yours Let's take an example. You produce Cuckoo for BBC Three. Presumably Taylor Lautner is reasonably handsomely paid for that, but he won't have to disclose his pay because he works with you guys through an independent production company.
1: If that is the case, you know, we will, we, will, we will have to abide by whatever the law is, even if that law is stupid. But if, <laughs> if, we, if we don't have to, then we won't. You know, if we're not asked to reveal. I, I don't think what we pay him should be in the public domain. Okay unless Theresa May comes round to my house and tells me otherwise, it won't be. <laughs> and Tara, um, Rona Fairhead yes. going. Ah. I mean, that's a, that's a
0: big news story in, in and of itself. Could you talk us through why, what happened and can we speculate a little bit on who might, uh, who might be in a good position to replace her?
2: Mary Berry. Um, <laughs> they look a bit alike. They look- <laughs>
1: i don 't think that 's a it, compliment it, for Rhoda <laughs> or mary
2: it 's <laughs> been be it 's been difficult I mean ever since she was appointed there have been sort of stories about you know her independence and um, uh, it 's not been an easy ride for her at all i don 't think it 's quite you know what she expected it never is i don 't think it was for Chris Patton either because there 'll now be this sort of interim arrangement probably till april that 's going to put people off you know whoever might well go for it i mean there 's all sorts of People um, out there who would would potentially want the job. I mean, we can do the, the there's the usual list, isn't there? I mean, there's also you know people who were previously at the BBC who did a really good. I mean, Caroline Thompson, I thought, did a really good job when she was there. I think because it's not been totally defined yet what the job will entail, how it will all play out. Um, you've That'll got off. It's a different. It's although, although the you know the government have said that there will be you know was it, I think is it five that they appoint and then there's there, there's going to be more independence than the BBC thought that there would be. So um, previous
0: names have come up like Archie Norman, the, the, um, the former chairman at ITV. Oh, so Terry Leahy, the yes. former chief executive at Tesco. Uh, I mean, these are big was, hitters. Do yes. you think that they can attract that level?
2: I don't know if it's th- that's the thing. We don't know if it's quite the same job as it was mm. before. And until there's I think there's a bit more detail, you you can't really say who would go for it. It's been curtailed and curtailed this job over the over the years.
1: Does it leave you a bit cold, Ash, or no? I think you're fidgeting. I was actually, I was fidgeting with my phone, but I was, I actually think it's, um, it's possibly my fault that she lost her job, because um, I pray tell. Well, I was on my way to the Edinburgh TV festival three weeks ago, and I got an email from Rona Fairhead's office saying that she would like to meet me in Edinburgh, and I thought, well, what have I? What have I done? And then I thought about what I'd done, and it was quite a lot of bad things. So she, she might. She, so I was being summoned to see the headmistress and I. I so I've, so well, I just, bad
0: things. You've been bad mouthing BBC Three, haven't you? I
1: think it might have been to do with the BBC Three thing. So I just yeah. met her for the first time. We we did uh, have a coffee. In Edinburgh uh, three weeks ago and I think it was the last coffee she had
2: what did you say to her run
1: I said there's a cab outside do yourself a favor we had a very nice do yourself and do myself a favor and let's get out of here she bought me a coffee we had a very nice chat I complimented her on her nice jacket she said that she liked my shirt we spoke about BBC comedy and then she got fired (laughs) so you do the math Jake Wow, I did text her because I had her mobile number because we were making, our assistants ended up leaving it to us so we were making sort of arrangements directly so I I did text her last week saying I'm sorry if it was me that made you lose your job Did she text you back? Still waiting for a reply Uh.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So also this week, uh, the prospect of Channel 4 moving to Birmingham appears to be very much uh, back on the agenda uh, according to the Telegraph What do we make of this?
1: the truth is this most or even if a lot of filming is done regionally most of the television production companies are based in london it's just a fact and this is the capital city of this country and it simply makes sense for channel 4 to make it easier to have a dialogue with their with their customers with their suppliers rather because of geography and to move it to birmingham i I get that it sounds good. I get that Birmingham sits in the middle of the country, and I get the symbolism. But practically speaking, I think it's a red herring, and I don't. Und- but, don't
0: but don't you then create your own sort of micro system in Birmingham? Where but it doesn't you've got, mean you make big suppliers. But it doesn't
1: mean you make show. I mean, I we shoot a lot of our shows in Bristol. We shoot in Belfast. We shoot in Manchester. This is about where you spend your production dollars. And I think to spend your production dollars regionally is a good thing you know so that not all the filming is done in London I get that but it doesn't matter where an HQ is housed and the fact that it's in London actually makes practical sense
0: do you think but Channel 4 would prefer this to privatisation
1: or, know, or Birmingham might, or privatisation it, it
0: might not it might not be a choice of course <laughs> well
2: yeah um, I guess I mean I think when the Beeb opened their headquarters in Salford I, you know the companies like Red and, and that said you know it did help and it, it and it helped. Bring you know, commissioners up there and money up there. To, I mean, it feels like Salford. that's a success story. It doesn't does, it? doesn't it? And, and mm-hmm. children's as well. You know, I went to something fairly recently, uh, actually in Birmingham, uh, where there was a CBC uh, uh, live event, and you know, it's 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 good. It, it lots of you know local people came along to it. You had Blue Peter there, and it really for journalists for independent production companies based around here yeah it's a, it's a bit of a schlep you've got to pay the train fare but for people you know the viewers actually they get the chance to go to something which actually and see it filmed which they might not you know if it was filmed in London so I think it can have a you know a, a positive effect.
0: Okay sticking with TV Tara you broke a great story this week about Ofcom's television standards boss uh, Bill Emmett stepping down oh, in, 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 in something of a tussle.
2: Yes, essentially, was uh, it looks as though he was asked to sort of choose between his writing that he was doing and being chair of the content board. Even though when he was appointed, you know, they they, they did I assume the due diligence on, on him um, and knew what he was doing. So yeah, it's a bit of a bit of a tricky one, really. But I mean, the content board is is, is a sensitive area.
0: Where does it leave Ofcom, given that they're taking on Gee, BBC fu- regulation? Yeah,
2: okay. considering you've got that coming up, and that you've got no chair of your content board, they've got to find someone quite, quite quickly. They've brought in
0: Kevin Backhurst, haven't they?
2: Yeah, but yes, yeah, and the um, I think the the, the thing is what it says about Ofcom. Again, we're going back to boring old regulations, <laughs> Stop fidgeting, Ash. But the the idea about who could be someone who you know oversees what what's happening with the BBC and it's a much more sensitive area and I think this has made Ofcom realise you know the spotlight is on them even more so about the kind of people that they are overseeing the content it's really sensitive for was legal his, reasons. Was his
1: writing any good? It was brilliant. Thank you. Yes. Sign him up. Read it. Read it. <laughs> I'll sign him so up. he's chosen chas- the right career path
2: then. <laughs> it was very Well he's the former uh, chief of uh, Editor of the Economist, so a um, lot of things which uh, you know probably go above my head. But yes, I did re- have read some of his work.
0: Uh, finally, uh, a healthy crop of online stats for some national newspapers in August. Uh, the Mail Online hit another record of 15.3 million unique users, uh, while the Sun became the fastest-growing UK newspaper website. Tara, it feels like the sun made a reasonable decision to, to tear down the paywall yeah
2: i think so was it over 100 percent it's gone up year on year um which kind of makes it, you know it makes sense it's what, what's what's going to happen really And you know, the sun is a is a very popular read for lots of lots of readers and you know and journalists i know who worked on it said that they were annoyed when it went behind the paywall because people weren't seeing following their up work. their stories yes, exactly <laughs> <laughs> um the app, so. i've
0: got the app it's really clunky is I have it to say. i haven't yeah. got it yeah. Um, it. but it's y- just a, a minor personal gripe. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. So, you know, it's, it's that age old um, journalistic question, isn't it? About who's going to pay the, uh, for the journalism and whether or not it's going to go behind a paywall or whether it's going to be advertisers. Uh, but in this case, the figures prove it is popular.
1: And Ash, you're a regular male online reader, I'd imagine. I consume a lot of newspapers every day, so I will take a look at everything. I get there. the Guardian, the Times, and the Sun all on my iPad every day. But um, if they're giving, how much of what would be in the Sun that I'm paying for would be on their website? What is it? The content, like how many of the main stories would be on the website for free? Or? I'd imagine they put all of them. I up think there. it's all. Yeah. 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 I'm so why to- am I paying? So why am I paying for the Sun on my iPad? <sighs> in, t- nice. in, in truth, is it the same?
2: I think I think it is. I don't think it's it's specialised content, but right. you know, uh, certainly everything I've been looking for on the Sun recently has yeah, popped up, isn't <laughs> it?
0: All their big exclu—well, yes, you know, certainly their TV exclusives yes. I've I've read yeah. for free online. Yes. Yeah. Well, there's a subscription. <laughs> there's the, <laughs> yeah. there's some, there some
2: incremental stuff on football. I'm not quite sure um, about clips. I don't know, but certainly the news stories.
0: It's that time of the year. post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today Okay, uh, last but not least there's time for the media quiz Uh, This week, a pun in the oven Four terrible puns that hint at new commissions broadcasters are bringing into the world Buzz in with your names Uh, Winner gets Yorkshire puddings Loser gets the washing up Let's do a buzz test Tara, you say
2: What just buzz? No? Oh, you're just name, Tara. Name. Okay. <laughs> it's that
0: straightforward. Ash. <laughs> I'm going to go my surname, Atala. Okay. So, question one Who's putting the pedal to the metal in the great British break
1: off?
2: Oh, Tara. So, Tara. this is uh, Paul Hollywood's bid to become Jeremy Clarkson. Um, <laughs> no, it is the new. Do we need another Jeremy show? Clarkson? <laughs> <laughs> That's another question, I guess. But uh, it's yeah, the BBC suddenly offering him a car show. Yeah, that's nothing, right. Nothing at all to do with what's going on with Bake Off because it happened before and I'm sure they didn't realise how the negotiations were going to come out. So. Yeah,
0: you're right. That's uh, that's the news that Paul Hollywood is to front his own car show on BBC Two which will involve him driving around foreign countries. That sounds amazing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> question two. Who's saying, Hello? No, I'm on the internet. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll
1: do this one. It's a comedy one. It's... Uh, Big Dom Jolly, uh, I believe, is bringing back Trigger Happy TV, which for people of my age is still sort of uh, has a nostalgic uh, place in our, in our hearts from uh, sort of mid 20s. Um, um, I can't quite figure out the scope of what's coming back.
2: Yeah, is it all full on the web, vast, internet? It? Well, Broadcast reported thing. it
1: as sort of almost like they were bringing back the series, but a bit of digging. Not so that. my script tells me
0: that there's eight six-minute episodes, and it's a hidden camera show for all four.
1: Right.
2: Eight six-minute episodes. Yes. Okay.
1: But I guess if it Work. proves itself yeah. again, and if it works, and it's a nice way to, it to trial violent. it, and if yeah. it goes viral, yeah, then you can imagine. But everyone can watch Trigger
0: Happy on London Live these days. Can they? Yeah, it's just on. You've been watching London Live.
2: Nobody. the he areas live, <laughs>
0: apart from Spaced and and yes. Trigger Happy yeah, TV. Yeah yeah.
2: yeah, yeah, that's true.
0: Okay. Question three. Uh, which part of Radio 4 is 18
1: only? Atala. The pornography part? <laughs> the porn season? No, no, you're both yeah, wrong, oh, I'm yeah.
0: afraid. No, not not that <laughs> you answered, Tara, sorry. Uh, no, new, new comedy commissioner, Sinead William, has announced 18 new comedy shows for the network.
2: Ah, uh, I see. Right, hey, yes, 18, yes. Anything you pick yes. out, Ash?
1: Well, I, you know, there's, I've, I've looked down the list and there's a mixture of sort of established talent and new people. Radio 4, traditionally, more in the old days, actually, than, than of, of late, but maybe she's looking to change that, has a good track record of bringing through new shows and, you know, the list is well known. Alan Partridge, you know, Matt and David's stuff as well. So I, I guess, but of, of late, of course, the internet has rather taken radio's place as the testing ground for new comedy.
0: Okay. So the score is it's one-one. Uh, really? So why may it be? Uh, why may it soon be the news at when?
2: Ah, yeah, Tara. See, any, any other week this will probably be a massive story, wouldn't yes. it? Because we've got news at when again with um, ITV. <laughs>
0: Battle of the bongs. Battle of
2: the bongs. Yeah, we can drag out all the. Yeah, we haven't done many cookery puns, so <laughs> maybe we can drag out all the usual headlines about the news. But yet yeah, this is the news that ITV are planning to move the news back to ten thirty. Because of an entertainment show, some kind of sort of late, late, sort of cordon style show. But I'd be I'd be annoyed if I was Tom Bradby. You know, things, I, would I, mean, be, just...
0: I would be incandescent, yeah. I think. I mean he's put so much of his reputation on the line yeah. for the new the new look news at ten, hasn't yes.
2: he? I mean I do get the point that, you know, it's good to provide an alternative and you know, I think it you know, it could it could work. But after all the kind of lobbying that ITV did previously, I mean, it's a different regime at ITV, but the pre- previous regime did to make sure, to ask whether or not the BBC could move their news. And now the new regime's going, well, maybe we'll do Kevin, entertainment instead. Kevin Liger
0: is not so interested. I mean, they are saying, ITV, that they're not going to move the news permanently.
2: Yeah, yeah that it's just you know, something that they're just trying out. But, you know, it's interesting to it, it, shake things up, make things a bit different. But maybe, maybe it's Tom Bradbury confronted
1: I mean, if you stop to think, it is weird, isn't it, that in a, in a world where we can all get news all the time. Yeah. Anyway, it is, there is something odd about the two biggest channels in this country putting on the news at the same time. It, there's something about it that doesn't quite make sense, bearing yeah. in mind that we've all got instant access to it anyway. So if you want something a little bit more sort of high-end, if you want something a bit more authored, if you want to go to a huge terrestrial channel it might be nice that it's staggered so that you've got two bites at the cherry. That That's just sort of an emotional rather than a business response. It's There's something a bit odd to them uh, running against each other every single night. Very true.
0: Good points. But you're still going to get the washing up, I'm afraid, because... Tara is the winner. Two to one.
2: I'll help you. I'll <laughs> this, is a, up. this
0: is a really dark day. <laughs> I can't. No reach, Yorkshire puddings. I'm in a wheelchair. I can't reach the sink. That is your lot uh, for this episode. Big thank you to my guests, Tara Conlon and Asha Tala. Uh, I'd also like to say a massive thank you to our loyal listeners who have taken out a voluntary subscription to this show. We say it all the time, but without you, we simply would not exist. You too can join this elite group simply by going to themediapodcast.com forward slash dedicate and swap a few pounds of sterling for a name check on a future show it could be a shout out for your business your professional skills or a dedication to someone you love the media podcast is a ppm production and was produced this week by peter price and matt hill my name is jake Cantor, and if you'd like more of me you'll find me writing at businessinsider.com until next time goodbye Of course, I couldn't be sure whether they were true or not, but it didn't matter. They were amazing stories. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges and curves... Without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom spray five and one. Only from Rustolium.
2: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweaters starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus,